In December 1913, the New York World printed the first modern crossword puzzle. Despite their popularity, the New York Times refused to print crossword puzzles until World War II, calling them a primitive form of exercise. In 2022, the New York Times shelled out millions of dollars to acquire a daily word game called Wordle. What's salient here? Change is inevitable. Everyone shifts. Welcome to a conversation about currently changing human behaviors and how we can either get ahead or fall behind. Hosted by Rick Shaughnessy and Charlie Witkowski, founders of Timecraft. Timecraft helps brands do the right thing today, so they're prepared for tomorrow. Take it away, fellow humans. Wanted to first uh, welcome our first guest here, which is uh, Joel Krieger. Um, Joel, do you mind just kind of giving a little bit about yourself and, and your role and, and, and uh, what you're doing here? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. So um, I guess I call myself a designer, an experienced designer. Uh, I used to work with Rick back in the day. Um, you know, and, and the gig before the one I have now, I was mostly working on designing interactive spaces. I worked at a company called Second Story, um, where we're making, you know, interactive uh, museum exhibits, you know, flagship retail, experiential marketing, like temporal spaces. Uh, and that was all about embedding tech into the built environment and, and how do you automatically sense and respond to people uh, and their behavior uh, in a space, in a physical space. Um, and about a year and a half ago, um, I shifted over to um, work in Magic Leap, which is in a way kind of doing the same thing. Uh, just instead of having an environment kitted out with a bunch of tech, uh, you're wearing it, it's on you. And uh, so, so it is kind of a continuation of thinking about, um, you know, interactions within spaces. That's cool. That's very cool. Thanks for that really nice segue into, into like the first question, man. Um, uh, so how do you see people engaging with AR now? You know, what's, what's working? What's interesting about it? What are you seeing? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess out in the general public, um, I, you know, I, I really dislike this word, but they call it the consumer. I, yeah, I, I don't market. Like, Sometimes yeah. we try to use like human, and that's worse. Yeah, we, like, we, well, that's we, even we, like alien. We get ding. Yeah, right? we, we get ding for saying that, and it's I like hate the customer. Terrible yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just uh, yeah, out in the the non business world, let's say that um, I think I think most people will have experienced or, or are aware of like phone based AR. Right. Um, you know, like the filters for which I guess is really just being used a lot for marketing and social media and and honestly to me it just it feels like a gimmick um i have seen it uh working successfully where you know people are using ar to like try on clothes so like right. kind of virtual mm -hmm. shopping um and and also uh to place you know like furniture in a room so uh try try things out spatially before you buy see how they fit um, see how it matches everything else you have going on. Um, so yeah, in, in general, I feel like that designing um, sp spaces in situ using AR seems to be a really useful use case. Um, but but to be honest, most of my attention has been in the inter enterprise uh, world. Yeah. 
So that's interesting. So one of the use cases you were just talking about, which I, I've used and found it to be an early success, and we always kind of pointed to it in different examples, is like Ikea, because it's like, well, that makes sense. You can quickly kind of just placing objects in 3D space. That technology is so good now that you can do it at the right scale. You don't have to worry about all of that kind of stuff. I'm curious on the enterprise side. I remember being at, I think it was either CS or South by, and they had a UPS enterprise like training thing where you could figure it was to teach people how to pack a UPS truck, like totally enterprise side. And I know that I think that was a original Microsoft kind of demo. But the idea was that like you could do you could kind of become a UPS driver or whatever, but it was something they actually used in the context of this is a way better to help pe people train versus like stressing them out. They can do it more frequently and figure out kind of the logistics versus you know, physically having to do that for hours, which would be dangerous. I'm, I'm curious on the enterprise side, where you're seeing, is it training? Like, where are you seeing a lot of that kind of success um, in, in that context? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great example you just brought up. Um, and by the way, I should say, you know, so, so all, all the Anything that I might say, any any opinions, these are these are my own, not not my employer. Just got to get that out of the way. <laughs> sure, sure, um, sure, sure. <laughs> and, but yeah, that's a great a great example because I think what it illustrates is um, this kind of missing component. Uh, you know, we we've all been locked into this paradigm of doing stuff on these glowing rectangles for mm -hmm. so long, right? And it's it's flat and. Uh, I think the promise of AR is really this kind of liberating us from that old way of computing to doing things out in the real world. Um, and why that's so important is because that's how the brain works. I mean, the brain uh, evolved to process things spatially. Um, and there's just a different um, order of learning that happens when you experience things in an embodied way. And we've all been so kind of abstract uh, in this kind of 2D format, it's just a, a much richer way to to learn. So this um, that that UPS example, you know, that's a a great uh, you know it, it points to the value of this experiential learning, immersive. I mean, people use this word immersive right, a sure, lot, sure. but that is immersive learning, um, learning by doing. And uh, so so yeah, I think that's a big one. So it sounds like, so would you say learning and education has, you've seen a lot of success in that versus like the more, I guess when I think of like entertainment usually gets a little bit more right. gimmicky and, and I'm curious, like I remember when I, I when I was um, working with Motorola a bit, I think Magic Leap came up with a video of, of, it was like what Magic Leap will be able to do. And it was like monsters fighting zombies and like like it was a really kind of cool spec video this is years ago and it was very much focused on entertainment but that so that was something i was curious about is it seems like whether it's what microsoft's been doing what you guys have been doing there's been a shift away from or even when google glass came out i had that <laughs> i did not pay for it myself but wore those for a little bit when i was sadly and my wife's like i'm not gonna talk to you if you're wearing those right like she was literally like get away from me like if those are on your face like i'm not i'm not engaging because you could be taking a photo of me like right. at any time like winking or whatever so i'm curious there seems to be a general shift to enterprise and away from like this very like futuristic it's going to change how humans do that and like getting back to i wouldn't say i don't know if it's the basics but curious from your perspective why that shift is, 
has happened and why that's been prioritized? Yeah, I, well, you know, I guess it's, it's a frontier space. And, and so I, I think the natural course of, of what tends to happen is there's like feeling around for where, where is mm -hmm. this useful? I sure. mean, we're so prone to just chase the next new thing. And, you know, our, our dominant culture is so caught up in this hype cycle of what's the new tech that, that often it's more about just innovating and figuring out like where it could be useful later. Take tech in search of a use case, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But but in this case, you know, it seems like uh, you know the first paths that were explored were more on the kind of consumer and enter entertainment side, and I think you know maybe everyone's just realizing that oh you know let's focus on making this a practical, useful tool first, mm -hmm. and go from there. So and that does seem to be getting some traction. I mean, there's mm -hmm. there's a, a number of uh, use cases like um, like complex work instructions. So so you think about like a factory worker who needs to assemble something, and the the AR device is aware of like the parts and the tools and shows you how to put something together, or like a um, someone on a construction site, and you could imagine the plans and the steps being right. overlaid onto the actual environment. Um, it, you know, like inspection and, and diagnostics, mm -hmm. and 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 uh, like like a thing about like a HVAC or, or a plumber uh, being able to go into a building that you know maybe has a digital twin and knowing exactly where the pipes are to be able to kind of fix something, right. and then like uh, maintenance and repair. So think about you know a, a mechanic um, who's maybe working on something really complex, like a jet engine or something, um, and this thing being aware of the parts, the tools, and to kind of guide you through what you need to do to, to get a task done. Um, so that, that's definitely a big area. The question I have is how do you, you know, as you introduce these kinds of things into people's like flow of life, right? What's their adoption like? How do, do they, is it fast? Do they, the people that, in your experience, have you seen people like really be able to just go, oh, where, where's this been all my life or is it, resistance or that kind of thing? Yeah, I feel like there's always a number of kind of road bumps that have to get ironed out before it just gets easily embraced. And probably a lot of it has to do with, um, at, at this point in the evolution of technology, everything's so dependent on everything else. So it's actually not enough that you make like a great AR device. Where's the, where's the infrastructure of the kind of you know, digital replica of the built environment right. so that you have this awareness. Where's the content e ecosystem for, you know, the, the machine learning developments that'll help you be context aware. So it's it's kind of like, and, and then also from an enterprise standpoint, it's all of the the, the, the kind of corporate systems, you know, this, this thing would have to get plugged into your existing technical infrastructure. Sure. And so, so I think until that becomes smooth, uh, you know, it's still, we're still in frontier days. Um, but once those challenges are, are kind of ironed out, um, as long as it's some, as long as it's something that is truly useful to someone and makes their, their job easier, helps them be better at something, then, then I feel like it will, it will be embraced. Interesting. And, and I was reading something from, uh, was a Kasparov who was famously beat by Deep blue, big blue, whatever. whatever the, yeah, the... <laughs> he was the first person who uh, he says his job was made irrelevant by um, by robots, basically. Yeah. But it's interesting because you were saying that, and it sounds like 
a lot of the augmented reality use cases now are, I think there's there's an understanding for some people, it's like, oh, it's just laying information on top of the world, right? But really what you're getting at, which is if you think about the words augmented reality, it's more of an intertwined, like I'm working, helping a human do X, Y, and Z in a, in a meaningful way. So laying in that intelligence on the top. So it, it kind of makes me think of like, I think we've reduced it too much as just in general conversation to be uh, you know, a visual layer versus or, or a, a deeper kind of interaction with the person who's, who's whether they're a tourist trying to get an additional experience or whether they're the example of the HVAC guy going to the building. And that's, that's, that's the hard part, that, right? Or right. yeah, digital twinning and stuff like well, that. Well, what's interesting that you're bringing up, though, is you're right. I think we've oversimplified yeah, it's like, AR and what it could mean because you're sort of getting at the interdependency of all the systems mm -hmm, that are out mm -hmm. there yeah. that I think makes it a much bigger deal. So, but what it does boil down to, what it sounds like, and please push me around if I'm not thinking about it right. It sounds like what you're saying too, though, is that you know it boils down to that moment of that moment of like interaction with a human being and the, and the tool, be it a piece of glass, whatever it is, that moment has to work in some kind of way that is intuitive, or it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. It's for me, it's very much about an awareness of your context and your space. It's very place based, which is mm -hmm. which is so different from VR. I mean, VR, you're cl totally closed off from the world. This is about being in place, right. acknowledging your place and understanding what you're trying to do. Um, so there's this like situational com uh, awareness component. Wow. And, and I think most most folks, when they think about uh, AR, they just think about the display. They, yeah, they right. think about, oh, glasses that show me stuff. But right. if you look at, you know, like Magic League 2, for example, it's kitted out with all sorts of sensors. I mean, it's it's reading the environment. It's mm -hmm. understanding the environment. And, and so what can you do with that? You know, um, you know, tracking your hands, understanding what you're doing. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's really rich. It's just a whole, it's wide open in terms of what we could do. I mean, I think just breaking out into space, um, kind of getting us out of this, um, this kind of 2D paradigm. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many, it, it, it's just an exciting time to be in the field because there's so much possibility. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, what, what do you do to people that are sort of, how do you break down people's 2D paradigm? How do you help them break that stuff down? Yeah, well, I actually think it's a much more natural way to do computing uh, spatially. I mean, it, it's just... It's, it's just more natural with interacting with the real world. You know, you pick up an object, you grab it, you move it around, you touch it. it actually, I think once we iron out the kind of kinks, the road bumps to making it easy to kind of just turn on and use, uh, the, the actual interaction part of it is going to be pretty, pretty native to just how you engage with the real world. So, uh, so are the, <coughs> excuse me, are the, are the linchpins, are the linchpins to, you know, creating more wide scale adoption are the linchpins is the, is it more of the interface tools or is it more of the infrastructure, you know, setup? That's, that's really the, you know, if you said, if, if, if X happens, this will become more widespread, that kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of time, honestly. I mean, the, the, the experience of, of using AR to get things done is, orders of magnitude better than trying to do it 
through 2D computing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what, in terms of like what X has to happen for adoption to occur, uh, I just think it's a, a kind of a building momentum of people seeing um, really visible instances of this being used for practical purposes in a way that makes it, um, and, and, and the, the folks using it, you, you can imagine there have been plenty of um, technical innovations throughout history where, you know, once it happens, people look at it and say, oh my God, I can't imagine right. doing this job without right. this. I can't, in fact, I can't even imagine what it was like before. I, I just think, you know, we need to see a few more of those uh, get a foothold. And then I think it begins to kind of really take on a life of its own in terms of momentum. So really just time. It's just going to take a little time. Yeah. Right. Are there any, yeah, it's, still, it's still early days. Yeah. Are there any examples or things that you've seen that are promising that you feel could be that kind of... That you're allowed to talk about. Yeah, that you're obviously allowed to talk about. Probably the best way to get at this is to... Like, let, let's do a little experiment. So, and, and the listeners can do this as well. So just think about something that you're not very good at doing and you know but you would very much like to be good at so this could be like you want to learn a musical instrument you want to you know kind of be better at a sport for me it might be you know i'm not very handy or technical so and i tend to get frustrated when i have to assemble or or, or try to fix something around the house um and 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 you know Think about this progression of, you know, what it was like to um, pre-internet pre or early days of the internet where you're like tr finding instructions to help you try to do something. Mm -hmm. Then along comes YouTube. And now all of a sudden you can look up videos of an expert showing you how to do something within two minutes. But it's still this kind of watch the video, do the thing. You know, now imagine trying to figure out how to do your task, uh, but you have an expert kind of standing over your shoulder, you got an AR headset on, and the instructions are being overlaid in your space. Right. And, and just think about the feeling of accomplishing that task or learning the thing you're trying to learn. That that feeling is really at the essence of what what I think is the all, all of these really compelling use cases. It's about expanding the capacity of somebody to do something they couldn't do before. Um, That's so, interesting. yeah. So, so the, the the for me, the world of training and skill development on on so many levels is just a huge opportunity. So, um, like you, you think about we anyone who's worked at a big uh, corporation has done like onboarding training. Sure. And then you have continually you have. Um, you know, like uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, or you, you may may have soft skills training, like uh, you want to learn how to be a, a manager, or you sure. um, want to learn how to, you want to get over your fear of public speaking. Okay, that's a good example. So, you know, VR already has a huge foothold in the training uh, and simulation arena, but I actually think AR is better. And, and here's why, because in VR, you're uh, it's it's kind of like a video game. It's not really real, but if you were to try the same thing in AR, so let's say the the public speaking, um, I could actually do a training session in the real conference room of my real place of work, mm -hmm. and I could see 
real people sitting in the chairs looking at me, responding to me as I kind of get over, you know, work the kinks out of my presentation. I mean, these are the types of things. It's just orders of magnitude more rich um, on, on so many fronts, all, all types of training, all types of learning and education. Uh, so so th those are the those are the areas that really excite me. So that's interesting. One of the questions we had for you is the VR, AR, X. Like, right. There's an interesting, like one one theory I heard is, and I think you were just getting at there is like AR is actually more immersive because it's laying in things into the real world, which is as immersive as <laughs> as it's ever going to get. Right? Is the real right. world, mm -hmm. whereas VR kind of exists in a different plane. What if is there a world where AR is the technology catches up? Kind of if you think about it. Like you've got, this is right now, there's no augmented reality where we are right now, but slowly something adds and then adds and adds. So re really, is the, is the evolution of AR essentially going to slowly cover up the world, so to speak, and become VR? Do you feel like those are totally different like trajectories, paths, trajectories that are that are somehow some way down the line start kind of connecting? Like, do you, do you feel that, like, how, how do you see those two things? Because it does create a lot of confusion, I think, for people out there and for brands as well. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Yeah, there, I think there's definitely going to be some some blurring between the two. Um, you know, for example, right now with the, the with the Magic Leap Two, the two of the features that have been talked about are uh, segmented dimming and global dimming. So one of the challenges with AR is that in really bright lighting conditions, the, the content doesn't show up well. Um, and so you have the ability to kind of globally dim the field. Mm -hmm. So so you could make, you know, if you want to use it outside in really bright conditions, you could dim it enough to where you're still seeing the real world, but you're able to see the content over it. Um, That's pretty and, cool. And, and, and this other uh, one is segmented dimming, where instead of dimming the whole field, you can dim parts to just, mm -hmm maybe areas where you want content to show up. So things like this are being explored. And uh, yeah, I, 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 for me, there is definitely <laughs> like this moment where uh, it, it stops being AR when you stop having the primacy of, of your real physical space. Okay. Uh, and and there, there, sure, there are some things that VR can do better. Uh, like if you really want to, transport someone to another place right. sure like you don't need to see and so i think some of these really interesting storytelling um you know like a friend of ours barry Pausman, does these really amazing um vr yeah uh you know movies that uh that really kind of take you to another place and and that that's really cool and that that's something that vr can do that ar can't do um so so yeah i think that there's definitely like a sliding scale uh but i think there will always be you know, a reason for one or the other. Um, you know, I, I think that AR is inherently more social um, and and these kind of multi-user scenarios where you're, you're, you're in a room with other people and they all have the headset on, you're all seeing the same thing and you're all working, collaborating on the same thing. That's really exciting um, because I think that's way better than, you know, this kind of Zoom thing that we have going on. Uh, so, and, and that can be done remotely too. Right. Yeah, everyone I've seen pointed uh, that Kingsman movie where they have the conference room where all everybody kind of ports in or sitting in those chairs is like, yeah. 
that would be an ideal place to get as far as a, a evolving past Zoom and into kind of those spaces where it's like, like you, you have that sense of location. But right now, I think sometimes my impression is some of the AR stuff almost gets a little bit discredited because everyone is so hyped up about like, let, we're going to do this meeting in VR. Right. And then it's like four cartoon monsters and it's like yeah. a CEO, CTO, yeah. and you're just like, eh, you know, like it's, it's a gimmicky thing. And that's where you're getting at earlier, which is kind of interesting. I'm curious though, on a gimmicky front, sometimes those gimmicks can drive change general awareness and whatnot. And, and snap for instance, with the glasses and everything, they've, they've done a lot to try to make AR, I would say accessible at like a very light level. How do you guys kind of look at those kind of, they had the vending machines for a while, but, but in their credit, you know, to their credit, they were doing a lot to be like, just people it's lightweight. It's, it's easy to engage with. Do you feel like that kind of lifts the category? I'm just curious your perspective on very different than the kind of functional learning skill acquisition stuff that, that you're focused on now. Uh, yeah, I, I think it does. I, I mean, I, I think it's, um, we, we have a tendency to view these developments as like these siloed things. Right. But the reality is that, that everyone dabbling and exploring in this field mm -hmm. is contributing to the field. Um, even if you're making things that are bad, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. sure. At least you're and contributing. we're all learning from each other. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. Like while personally, I don't, I don't find, um, a lot of the kind of lighter marketing uses yeah. of, of AR, like interesting personally, um, absolutely. That's kind of unlocking ideas in other people's minds about what could be done with it. So. It, yeah, very much we're in this experimental exploratory phase. And I, I think that, you know, every little test, every little project uh, kind of pushes the field forward and and everyone's kind of learning from everyone else. Yeah. Do you, do you think there are any fields in particular um, that will benefit first or categories like, like CPG, tourism? Are there any kind of markets that you feel are like, a good first movers, second movers, however you would kind of say it, um, it, to use this kind of technology? Do you see opportunities certain places versus others? I mean, clearly there's training and there's that yeah, that, yeah. that kind of stuff that we get, but are there any other places that you, you, you're you sort of seeing going, this is going to be ripe for... Yeah, for our beloved end consumer humans we were yeah. talking about, yeah. Yeah, for, the, for that <laughs> side, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I... You know that's a tough one. I mean, it, it for for the the business world, I definitely think it's it's industry. Right. You know, it's it's. But for the the general public, um, uh, you know, I, I do think when things reach a point to where you know the the cost is is at a place to where it would make sense and people see the value, I do think it could become a useful tool um, for learning how to helping you get all sorts of things done. But I, yeah, to be honest, I really struggle thinking about where it gets a foothold in that space first with, sure. with the general public. Yeah. Well, but it's interesting because you talk about it really as a functional tool and that's great because it's not a story. It's not, it's not storytelling. It's not, you know, it's not that kind of, you're, you're seen in a whole different way, which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I've always been, when we've talked to clients about doing projects in this, right. in this space, it's like. The example everybody points to is like the AR example is, of course, Pokemon Go. And yeah. I feel like that's been the, <laughs> the standard in a deck for about 10 years now. It's like just right. like Pokemon Go, but instead of that, you're doing X, Y, and Z. And it's about 
geolocation-based whatnot. But but again, that's a very the use of AR there is a very light, right? Like we were talking originally, it's like you got the monster, you do the kind of thing, but it's mostly a geolocation-based. It's it's not the it's not a shining example of what augmented reality can do. It's just a nice way to kind of engage with a with a uh, with a visual overlay that's a little bit more immersive and feels like it's in the place which was kind of the trick there and it makes you visit spaces you might normally like normally yeah, not go to right, right? and that's that could it. just be geo that's where it's interesting because that's really a geolocation function right. and kind of mapping function and all of that and all of that comes together and that's why I keep pointing to it's just that you see these little pockets of cool examples of storytelling and right. whatnot that you know I, I've seen and I, I know you know like in in Europe a lot, they're playing, they're a little bit more like playing with museums, they'll have like a virtual reality exhibit, like that's coming to the States a little bit more, but you'll see kind of storytelling focused augmented reality where it's like doing more to just kind of show historical things and things like that, but they seem like they only kind of happen in pockets and like people kind of trying things out and I haven't seen like anything with the awareness of like from a consumer perspective of like a Pokemon Go right. so far, which is kind of interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, I, I could see a practical use kind of building on that, just, you know, like a, exploring a new city mm -hmm. and and kind of this, you know, that we've all had this experience. You're in a place that you've never been before and you're trying to find your way and you're kind of heads down in your phone. And, um, you know, I could see there being value in kind of this heads up exploration. But to be honest, I'm, I'm a little, I get a little unnerved by it sometimes thinking about where that could go you know, this where where if you allow the human experience to be mediated by technology, like I, I, I like the idea of putting on AR to help me do a thing and then take it off and, and just be here it's with people session. and yeah, live. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And live and be a person. <laughs> well, that's interesting because like we've talked about pros and cons of that right. from a city perspective before. It's like it'd be cool if there were no more physical billboards. But if you wanted to put on glasses to see that maybe your data you know with the new data stuff you would get incentivized every time you get a view you know it's you're, you're in control and you kind of make the city more beautiful that way but to your point that's going to be a fascinating area of like sci-fi right it's like when do you even know what's real and isn't real and it could really it could just it could destroy your brain like this is definitely could be a black mirror episode right where it's just like well now, <laughs> if you got the contacts in which some people think is the dream like i'm going to have these ar contacts then you're going to not be able to distinguish what's being put right. in front of you versus what's in front of you. So it seems like that's kind of some of the ethical stuff that you, <laughs> everyone's going to have to eventually get to, which is fascinating to me. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky space to navigate. It, it, it reminds me of this. Um, there's this video um, that came out, I think in, in like 2016 called hyper reality. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the, the artist's name who made it, but it was like a proof of concept that uh, of a fully, augmented world where you know it starts out you're on a bus and you're seeing stuff everywhere and when i saw that i thought oh my god that feels like a dystopia i mean that right, and, right. and honestly that's you know and until we get until we kind of figure out how to pivot off this advertising model that funds everything mm -hmm. that's exactly what it's going to be right uh and i don't want to live in a world of constant interruption um no, yeah. I, you know, you know, it's it's funny because we, it's the same thing we talk about with 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 companies now. We say either you're interrupting people and trying to force a transaction, or you're somehow contributing to their life, and you have yeah. to you have to make that choice as a as an organization. 
which path are you going to take? You're just going to just jam them with, with messaging or wherever you can and including augmented and sort of mm -hmm. have just, or are you going to like figure out a way you're going to contribute to their life Yeah. and show them yeah. how to do something like you said, you know, show them a way to do it, then take the tools off, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're defining like augmented reality. There's too big chunk. It's like doing anything good or bad, right? It's like, we're going to augment it with a meaningful story or an experience, right. or we're going to say, go eat that, you or know, Italian or, beef for the guy who paid 50 cents for you to get that ad. And yeah, you know, you know, then you have it, a totally yeah. different, all, it's the same problem the internet faces, right? It's just, you can yeah. use it for good or for bad, but it's going to be more mm -hmm. difficult and particularly, you know, particularly could be much more just more well, disruptive than ever because of that. Immersion well, what's funny about it though, is if you think about it, it's all starting like your path, Joel, it's like I'm lightening cognitive load. I'm helping people mm -hmm. a, 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 yeah. accomplish a task, right? But if you build out what we just talked about, you're building out this bigger thing. And at some point it, it actually increases the load because there's so much in a there's so much stuff in your, in your, in your uh, field of view that it's like, it's, it's increasing the, the tension in your, in your noggin to make stuff happen. Cause you, you don't yeah. know where to decide you have too much choice. So I'm curious for like, I'm gonna throw out like a brand or two. It's just like, if you had a, a brand focused on a millennial moms, you would say maybe the opportunity more is to help provide like this is lame but like doing more like helping them prepare dishes and like doing things like that that might make being a mom easier or if you're or a kid, sports or brand kid, you could kid help activity yeah like, if here's you're a, a sports brand you could help someone uh like perfect their their golf swing right like yeah. those to me that that's one thing it's my dad's 84 he's a YouTube, like it's a problem uh, with him on YouTube now because my <laughs> mom's like he just sits there all day because he loves learning about golf and he's loved golf his whole life. He would pay so much money for a AR tool because of that 3D space. It's so difficult. Anyone who's played a sport at a high level knows it's so difficult to do that in a 2D sense. It's just impossible to get that, which is why you get trainers, everything else, the ability to you know, get that feedback like you're saying and stand inside a swing or something like that. That seems like places where if you've got brands with connections to those play, like that's where they can start adding some immediate value is kind of helping even consumers uh, kind of acquire those skills as a more natural, seems like a more natural transition because like you said, it's more session based. I know what I'm doing. I know it's being augmented versus kind of changing the day-to-day -day world. Well, I think that's it. There's, yeah. a, there, there's a beginning, middle, and end, right? Yeah. That's what you're sort of, yeah, you know, we're gonna go in, we're gonna do this thing, we're gonna teach you how to do this better, and then it's over. And then you gotta try it yourself right. without the tools. That's interesting. Or even the, school, the tools could scale back right. how much they're helping you and kind of as you kind of evolve through. Have you seen any examples of like, one, one thought in athletics of like people like competing with celebrity, like have you seen any good like kind of gamified examples because that always seemed like an interesting thing to me if you start getting you know for training things like that where it's a little bit more like kid focused or you could see that kind of translating that audience because you do have a little bit of the ability to kind of make it more immersive in a video game kind of sense lebron There's, lebron teaches hoops yeah you know. that, like master class comes to augmented to magically yeah play. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be fantastic. I, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but yeah, I think this is a a, a super rich territory to explore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think what you said, what you guys said is right on. It's like how are you helping somebody do something? Yeah. Um this this there's just this hyper focus on how do we extract 
value? How do we, you know, and how about just give and see what happens? You know, how about <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Try, try to enrich give? someone's life what? and see what happens. What? Yeah. It's not going to sell any hot dogs. <laughs> what? I can't sell my potato chips. What? Yeah. One one of the frontiers I know you've talked about, which is just seems like a natural evolution, is the back of a cereal box. Kind of yeah. thing, right? It's like you already have kind of the flat, little 2D, like, stuff for the kids to do. Like, seems like some of those things might be logical jumping off points to do some light, kind of. Just bring it a little bit more into a more immersive kind of space and pull it off the page, pull it out of the screen. Well, I, I've always thought that Augmented gives you this opportunity to do education in a whole new way for, for kids, because if you could yeah. be in a state capital, you'd remember it more than just seeing them, trying to memorize it on a map. You're actually yeah. in an Augmented yeah. you know, spot, and then you could, you could look at images of it, and it would all be in front of you. That would be much help, more helpful like, for kids in some ways. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 I think it's a huge area. I mean, just the whole, you know, the whole kind of kinesthetic learning, just learning by right. doing, it just feels like a natural progression. You know, yeah, at some point, uh, all the kids in school has got laptops. And at some point, they're all going to get AR devices. And That's they're going to be able to interact with virtual objects and actually learn. Look, they'll be able to take field trips um, without going anywhere. Not, not, not like you would in VR where you're shut off. You're going to do it with all your classmates and you're going to work together and learn stuff by making things and doing things with uh, with virtual content in your space. Um, and you're gonna remember it more too. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about lately about how we're forgetting things because yeah. you know everything's blurring together. It's because there's no spatial distinction. Mm -hmm. Everything's yeah. happening. I'm, I'm standing in this spot all day. I'm in Zoom all day. I'm in my meetings. Um, we're, we're spatial creatures. And, 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 and when, when the learning and the experiences take place out in the real world, I think there's a, a different level of retention that happens. That makes a lot of sense because you're right. If you're not able to pull in other triggers kinesthetically, you don't your recalls lower. It just is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's they said kinesthetic learning is the best way to learn. So that's super interesting. So, what do you think about the word? I want to see if you cringe or smile or yeah, if you just guys, hang on. Those listening to audio will tell you. I'm the sure face you hear like. the term metaverse all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit of a side. It's, it's a side disgusted so, grin. So everyone. I'm curious about your, per, your perspective on that because what we've seen from a client side is there's Web3, there's metaverse, there's mm -hmm. all that stuff, and it's becoming this slop of like, and this is partially, I would just go out and say Facebook's fault, but like, or sorry, Meta's fault. Um, yeah. <laughs> is going out there and, and saying like some brands call all of that the metaverse, even if it's nothing to do with AR, VR, whatever, it's just Web3, it's the metaverse. And then some differentiate in cer certain ways, one's visual, one's the technology, Web3 powers the metaverse. Just curious like how you guys approach that because it seems like an, uh, I would say needlessly <laughs> sloppy area of terminology that I feel like holds, in our experience, makes it just more difficult to educate people on the value of all of this because right. it's lumped together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's an interesting space to wait in. So let me try to do this delicately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not, these are just my own opinions. I'm not speaking for anybody else but myself here, but I, I have been watching with great amusement <laughs> as you know, one company's posturing has dictated, the, the entire conversation for a whole field. Mm -hmm. It's been super interesting to watch. And um, 
you know, the, the kind of watching the hype cycle unfold, it just kind of tells you something about uh, our, our culture's insatiable thirst for the new. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like we have to constantly, it's almost like our words, because we use them so much, they lose their meaning. So innovation right. has been used so much, it means absolutely nothing at this right. point. Right. So, so we tend to have to come up with new labels to kind of name things. Mm-hmm. So that we can create buzz around it and kind of have mm-hmm. something to sell and be excited. So, you know, I, I think it's important to maybe think about what's happening as a process and not a thing. And this is just a continuation of the evolution of technology and the internet that started long ago. And there's certainly a, a kind of evolutionary leap forward happening. Uh, but like, does it deserve its own distinct name? Um, huh. I, yeah, to me, it's just it's just a continuation of the same thing. Um, I think it, it is true that digital stuff is becoming um, more u- ubiquitous in the realm of the physical and digital is blurring, so that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think the 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 M word is. It's more about um, building this. That might be the name parallel. of this podcast, yeah. the M word. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, I promised myself I would get through it without saying that word. Be, be, awesome, <laughs> dude. That's great. It, it, it's like this, trying to build this parallel replica of the real world. Um, and, and I think what, um, what, what AR is doing is trying to um, embrace the real world um, and embrace your place and just provide this helpful contextual layer on top of it. So right. it's all about sensing and responding to your real physical environment. Um, and, and the fact that it's ultimately grounded in place and th- this, uh, this other realm that people were talking about of this kind of like, let's, let's just immerse you in this fake world. Th- those are very different things to me. Um, so yeah, and, and again, kind of back to this, this conversation about the, the, the business model. Um, just imagine that space, that virtual world, uh, built off of an advertising model. I, I, I think it's bound to be a cesspool. So, so mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. until they correct that, right. you know, personally, I would want to have nothing to do with it. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like the last, like the last thing. Um, well, you go out five, ten years, go. There's one route we just defined it the cesspool. Okay, got that. Uh, <laughs> I I feel way worse about the M word now. Yeah, I know, so do I. What, I could, feel, what I feel, could happen? I feel dirty. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, but then go the other way and talk about like five years. If smarter, if the heads we all hope and trust prevail, you know, as we start to get into this space and it all sort of moves forward, what do you see? Paint, paint just a little picture of that world that's, that's AR enabled and, and, yeah. and, and understands place, you know, all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like five years out. Yeah. Five, you know, you're, you, yeah. you've, you, you've seen the roadmap, I'm sure somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, well, first of all, it's hard, it's hard to predict when, but just kind of speculating here and, ima- and imagining a future where, you know, AR has gotten a certain amount of adoption uh, you know, I, I think that y- y- I, I can imagine, um, you know, people having it like they have a laptop, you know, like you might bring your device to work 
in addition to, you know, whatever laptops have evolved into. Because I, I think there's, I don't, I don't know that uh, it's going to replace everything, um, right. but it's certainly going to be more useful than, than, than other tech devices in certain situations. Uh, yeah, so I can imagine um, a, a world where there are certain industries that have really adopted it and it's become kind of a quintessential tool to, to these practices, um, especially in physical design. Um, so, so let me give a concrete example because we're, we're talking in abstract terms a lot. Um, I mentioned before I used to work at Second Story. We, we designed interactive physical spaces. Uh, one of the biggest projects uh, that I worked on was the uh, Australian Center for the Moving Image in Melbourne. Um, and it was this like beautiful uh, museum of kind of film, you know, digital culture, animation, um, nice. art. And it was a complete renewal, a complete redesign. Uh, and if I had had a tool like this when we did that, the entire process of doing this work would have been completely different. So, uh, for example, instead of um, our designers spending time in, in uh, looking on a 2D screen, designing 3D programs, we could have actually been in that space together with our, our clients and all of our partners and co-creators and design that exhibit while standing in the actual footprint of the space. And just think about how much more engaging that is for everyone, how much more collaborative it is. Um, so, so that, I just planting that seed, that's the type of thing I would imagine seeing all over the place is just better collaboration in space instead of designing um, you know, through programs, through this mediated 2D screen, you're actually standing inside the design program. Um, so, so any sort of design practice that is physical in nature, um, architecture, landscape architecture, industrial design, um, exhibit design, uh, interior design, uh, all, all, all of these uh, areas, you could have a totally different way of, of, of kind of making things together. Um, and, and, and so for me, yeah, if I, if I wanted to be a little idealistic, I would say, uh, yeah, it, it, I could imagine a, a future where tools like this have, have brought people uh, together and, and unlocked that innate creative potential that is in every human being um, and, and brings people alive because they can actually work together in the same space. Power of place. Yeah, power of place. That's fascinating. Yeah, I keep, I, it's just like, now I keep thinking like you're, you're, you're carving out a better future through augmented, like yeah. that maybe that to me keeps coming back. The augmented reality is such a technical definition of what all of this is, but what you're getting to is the purpose behind it, which I feel like we, when we talk in these technical terms like AR, that, that's the you, problem, you right? Purpose. You're just like, well, we'll augment it some way, yeah. somehow, <laughs> like, but yeah. there's bad, good good use cases, collaboration, things like that we're talking about, which is just a fascinating yeah. like way of reframing that and getting out of the like, what could we do to like what's working well and why this is better, which I think is the conversation that we need to have. I think honestly more with clients and like keeping that in the back of our head or how are we gonna improve reality versus just augment it to, to augment to, to, it. Because to transact, it's a, it's right. It's a fun thing or whatever else and whatever, yeah. the, there's different reasons to do it, but. Like that's just such a good thing, I think, as a creator to have in the and and for brands because we know brands are gonna sometimes need to do things for PR. They want to be in the met. I'm sorry, the M word, 
they want to do those things. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take that up. I know. I'm gonna take that up as a thing going forward. We're, I, we're I don't want to. I don't want to. I like that. Yeah, weird I love it too. Um, but yeah, as a kind of background of doing things with intent versus right. doing things to be like, hey, we did. We're the first brand to do this or whatever else, which gets into those kind of gimmicky uh, you get spaces. The, the, that the, the gadget, the gadget, you know, we've... application, which isn't what we're trying to get to here. You know? <laughs> yeah, which I think totally. kind of sets us back sometimes. But yeah, I think that that's uh, that's fascinating, and I, I definitely am thinking about it very. Di- I've shifted too. my uh, perspective on this a lot, and I think as we continue to talk to clients on their, I'd say it's part of their digital transformation, like you were saying, like it's a journey that everybody's right. going to be on. But doing that and kind of approaching that and figuring that out in a more iterative way versus we're going to jump into Rick just wrote a piece like don't jump, which yeah. used the M word. But it was about like, don't just jump in it's, you, you figure out, figure out <laughs> like what, you wanna, what, what you stand for. If what you, you want to drown or how, waste your time, yeah, how you want to behave and then then yeah, exper- understand, then what, you're understand what you're about and yeah. then decide if you're going to how you apply yourself to these, these other platforms. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think this is great. Joel, thank you so much, man. That was awesome, dude. I loved it. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks, man. All right, take care.